It's a film with three brains. 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 Welcome to the film with three brains. It's Sam in San Francisco. And this is Sean in Chicago. And this is Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. All right. <laughs> we are reviewing the 1990, pretty big hit, I guess, hit film, The Hunt for Red October, uh, based on the book by Tom Clancy of the same name. Anyway, did you guys read the book? Wish I had. Uh... The only Tom Clancy book I ever read was Rainbow Six, and I hated it so goddamn much. I was like, there's no way I'm ever reading another one of these clowns books. It was terrible. Like, shocking that it ever got published. That's how I bad it was. I think that's the one. What did you say? Rainbow Six or something? Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know if I read that one or Cla- the Cave Bear one. Not Cla- the Cave Bear, but like something with a cave. I don't know. I read one too, and I had the same reaction. Like, and, it was, and, and it's the reason. It. It's the reason I stopped reading long novels. Uh, for like, it's the reason I um, will no longer read a longer book by an author I hadn't read before, because Rainbow Six was like a thousand pages, and for some reason I stuck with it and finished it, and I couldn't believe how how much I hated it. And like, never again, <laughs> never again am I going to read a first time not you know a, read the, a book by a writer I've never read before. It, it's got to be short. <laughs> wow. in case they hate it because I have a hard time I had, back then it was a long time ago I had a hard time putting down a book once I started it I had a, as a completist in that regard I suppose which is foolish because it takes so much time I just, I guess I just kept expecting it to get better and it just never did oh man it's so stupid you guys should read it I think they it. made a video game <laughs> series out of it they did um, a oh, very yeah, successful one yeah yeah but no I, I never read this one or any of his other books well, I remember reading this because my mom had bought the book and enjoying it. And I realized, like, I was like 12 years old when I read this. Yeah. Hmm. That's crazy. When I, I'm like, I can't believe I enjoyed it back then as I watched <laughs> the movie. But, I mean, it's a good story. I don't know. I like it. 
don't know. Yeah. I thought it was Toma. Anyway, the movie I have not seen since it came out. Wow. Yeah, I, I do not remember ever seeing it again. Um, so it was fun to watch because I didn't remember a lot of the little details. Like, I remember the, the gist of it, but I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, the fact that there was... It took me a while, and I was like, oh, wait, there's someone still on the on the sub, you know, when mm. they're figuring... Yeah, I couldn't remember how they've, how they've tricked everyone to get off. I couldn't remember a lot of the details. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, and now that you say that, I thought I thought my memory of it was pretty good, but actually, looking back upon watching it two nights ago, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I didn't remember a lot of it as well. I, I Honestly, I can't really remember the last time I saw it. <laughs> I wonder uh, how long it's actually been. Huh. Yeah. Well, I mentioned last time that I can't stop watching it it's on <laughs> amy's like you and my dad you you love this movie I'm like, and it's true i'm like i'd see it on and it'll be midway it doesn't matter where it is i'll just start watching it and i just find it hard to turn off i mean yeah. i think you know there's obviously a lot of chemistry between the actors and there's just it's it's a good story and it's just damn watchable i don't know yeah i agree i i always remember i always remember really liking it but I had, I think I had truly forgotten just how good it is hmm. because I, I was that's... watching it. I was watching it. And at first I had my little fucking notebook sitting here and I was like, do do do. And all of a sudden the movie's over. And I looked down my notebook and there's a single fucking thing written in it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't write that's on a anything. Great, that's I did, a great you know, sign. That's a good. Yeah. Test. Just like, Flipless it just test. sucks you in so completely yep. and it holds up so well, you know, like some of the effects are a little dated, I suppose, but it just like, it's so fucking compelling and so entertaining and it moves at such a great brisk pace and everything is smart and makes sense, you know, mm. and it's like surprising and there's twists and turns, you know, and there's reversals and, you know, it's, it's really, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's just so masterfully directed too. like John McTiernan has basically made three action masterpieces in his, in his career. Die Hard, which is perhaps the best of them all. Predator, which we've discussed. And this. Yeah, it's pretty amazing because when I saw his name popped up, I was like, oh, I forgot that this was him. And yeah. I was like, holy cow, he nailed it more than once. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah, he was on a hot streak, man. It was, wasn't it 88, 89, 90? It was Predator, uh, Die Hard, and this. Yeah. And then uh, Predator was 87. Die Hard was 88. Oh, was 87? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So in, in three years? Yeah, then yeah, then Medicine Man, which I know even remember seeing. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember it, and then I remember also it. Sean Connery. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, maybe I did see it. Yeah, he's wearing like a. It looks like <laughs> he got finally got to outfit. wear his ponytail, which he was yeah. apparently dying to do. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Thomas Crown affair. I mean, it's nowhere near these movies. But yeah, I like that one too. Well, movie. and also Die Hard with a Vengeance is the best Die Hard that's not Die Hard. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's the best of all the sequels for sure. I mean, Die Hard 2 is really entertaining, but it's pretty hokey. You know, Die Hard with a Vengeance is a legitimately good right. movie. He dodged a bullet because he was committed to this and he couldn't do Die Hard 2. Yeah. So that really helped. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe Die Hard 2 would have been a lot better if it wasn't Rennie Harlan. You know? Well, I don't know. I guess. Maybe. <laughs> Can you change I everything mean, about it? It's still, <laughs> it's still, it's like a, it's a guilty pleasure instead of being a good movie. <laughs> right. Right. You know? It's like it's Con Air. <laughs> it is. It's Con, it's Con Air. I enjoy watching it, but it's not good. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm glad that we're recording this because I'm sure at some point you are going to pick Con Air. I, like, I'm convinced <laughs> of it. <laughs> wait, what year is Con Air? Is it I feel it's inevitable. It's That's a, a 90, wait, 90, 98. Oh, shit. Somewhere you know, I don't know. It would be it heartbreaking is. if it didn't fall into our... It's 98. Oh, it does. Oh, crap. <laughs> we're definitely going to It's 97. Yeah. <laughs> it's you inevitable like a bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see when uh, Aaron Rodgers came into training camp for the season dressed like Nicolas Cage and Con Air? No, <laughs> no, I missed that. How did no. I miss that? All right. Well, look it up. It's funny. <laughs> I saw the clip of it and I was like, why does he look like Nicolas Cage and Con Air? That cannot be a coincidence. There's no way it's a coincidence. And it wasn't. It was like a big joke he did. He thought it was funny. I don't know. That's great. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Back to October. October. <laughs> yes. So, a uh, brief synopsis for people who don't know what we're talking about. Uh, Sean Connery is the Russian submarine captain of a brand new sub called the Red October. Um, there is a first strike sub. It has the ability to run silent, avoid our uh, sonar and other detecting capabilities and carries a whole bunch of nuclear warheads. So he decides that this is something that the uh, Russians should not have and is going to defect and give the sub to the United States. Uh, pretty much that's it. Oh, except Alec Baldwin is an analyst who somehow is figuring things out faster than everybody else. And this was the thing for me. I was like, was I'm watching the movie? I'm like, wait a second. How do they pick this guy to go? And then they, <laughs> they actually address it. They're like, yeah. well, because you're expendable and you're not, and nobody else is risking their career on this except you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and you buy it. You're like, okay, good. Like this guy who doesn't belong there is all of a sudden there. But he and also, in, in, you know, he also knows the Sean Connery character better than anyone. Yeah. Yeah. He's studied you know, him. And, it's kind of, I, I, I think of it as like the rock in that regard. Or Nicholas Cage is just, he's like a, a lab rat. And then he has to go, oh, with Sean Connery, you know, to infiltrate the rock, even though he's not a field agent or anything, you know, because he's a, he's a, yeah. uh, a chemical engineer or whatever, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is I mean, kind of uh, silly, but whatever. The rock is like the hunt for an October if you made it really fucking stupid. <laughs> like replace all the smart shit with just more explosions. Now that being said, <laughs> the rocks got like awesome. explosion. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna well, watch that one too at some point. Yeah, there's not a lot of people punching each other in this movie. Nope. You know, a little couple, men. couple bullets fired, and, and yeah. you know, a couple people die. But yeah. Uh, Do you want to continue yeah. your synopsis, or can I say one of the, my favorite? No, you can finish my synopsis. Well, let me just say my favorite. Well, as a submarine movie. Uh, one of the best, if not, you know, top, um, you know, das top boot. two, top <laughs> two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that, that this movie has nothing to do with the, you know, someone drowning in a, in a compartment of the sub or, <laughs> yeah. you know, none of that stuff or how deep it goes, you know, like, Oh man, we're at a thousand feet. Oh no. You know, like that kind of stuff that's in every <laughs> sub movie. Right. This somehow it avoids that. Yeah. Which is incredible. It's kind of a feat of its own. Yeah. No, I agree. And I find and I find everything I don't know if it's the direction, the writing, the performances, but I believe all of it. And I don't have any fucking idea what they're talking about ninety percent of the time. <laughs> you know? And yeah. I it, you know, it's a testament 
to sort of the filmmaking, you know, it's just like in the performances, you just buy it automatically. Every single thing they say, like, I have no idea if any of that is authentic subspeak, but I would believe it is based on this movie, <laughs> you know, you didn't think it was crap like in rounders, bunch of made up. No, <laughs> no, I didn't get that feeling at all. Yeah, but I think I think that's part of it being based on a book by Tom Clancy, who I think that, you know, he researches. Yeah. You know, anyone who's going to write this book is going to research what the right words are and, yeah. and what they do. So I think that helps it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think that's that. You're, I mean, it's a it's a political thriller that is, you know, happening super fast. Like nobody has to the the heroics of the movie are. I and mean, that's the thing that impressed me. It's like, this is the guy who made Die Hard and nobody's, they're not just all punching and shooting each other. <laughs> yeah. you know? like, yeah. like he tells us this really great story without, without needing any of that. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also yeah. think that I love the beginning. I didn't, you know, that they're like, in, that it says it's 1984 and, and you know, what, what, it's, what words did they use? Like, like, they deny this ever happened you know like it sets up this little mm-hmm. like like right away you want to be like oh is could there be truth to this right right did you it know? really happen mm-hmm. yeah i mean so much so that some members of congress actually contacted the cia after the movie to ask why how the russians developed a calip- caterpillar drive before we did <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly they, they bought it like everyone else did. I think, I think we do have to give Tom Clancy credit for, for, like you said, the research and also the idea of the Caterpillar drive, the magneto, magnet, how do I say this? Magneto hydro, hydrodynamic drive, whatever that is, is fictional, but it's very believable. And they were trying to, they were all trying to do this. Mm-hmm. And I thought somewhere I saw that, that they actually had a working prototype in Japan. Hmm. You know, that they were, I mean, I don't, not exactly like this. Like, I don't know if it's completely silent or it goes as fast, but they had, you know, that's, that's what they were going for. Yeah. I don't see, here's, here's a minor nitpick. Why would that be silent? Like, why would it be silent? You still need no moving parts. some, well, there has to be moving parts. There isn't. There has to be. What sucks in the water and what spits it out? The, did they, they don't really get into it at all, do they? Well, they don't get it into the movie, but I think the idea is that they I mean, magnets don't fucking work well, on water. Let me ask you this. The computers <laughs> that we're using right now, do you think there's, do you think your hard drive has any moving parts? Uh, well, yeah, it's an old hard drive. <laughs> you, need to, you need to upgrade because I'm, you should have listen, a solid state drive. I know, which has I know. No, you know uh, the, same idea, but with water. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, same idea, but with it is, water. Okay, kind of, okay. yeah. I, I can I can bring it one more step. Okay. Um, so, it's like a hard drive, but with water. <laughs> what? Easy. The, um, the hypersonic jets. Yeah. Um, they do the the ones that go like Mach five in mm-hmm. that. Their engines don't have moving parts either. Mm-hmm. It's the air is getting sucked out the. Um, it's getting sucked in the front and it, because it's already moving, it's getting mm-hmm. compressed as it goes through and it is, it's getting compressed. It's coming out of narrower, narrower aperture in the back mm-hmm. and that creates propulsion. Sure. I get it. So you could do the same thing with water. I'm assuming, um, <laughs> that's, yeah, but that's what it's, it, it is, it is fictional. Um, do but hyperso- that, are but, hypersonic but jets silent? Well, they're not well, silent because of the, you know, <laughs> The other parts of the 
plane and sonic boom and stuff like that, but I don't know. The jet part, it probably is silent, yeah. Hmm. So it's it's probably... The, like, air, I think, the, the air is not... The air coming out of it is probably making a lot of noise. Yeah. I mean, I think it doesn't matter. It does eventually hear it. It's a question, I suppose, maybe a nitpick question, however you want to think of it. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's just that you're, you're used to listening to the easiest thing, which is the noise of having yeah well it does motors. make noise and, and that's so, really, and really interesting it's really interesting it makes a noise that the computer doesn't understand yeah right. and so that's that was a great thing with courtney b vance where he figures it out like his character is yeah. awesome in this movie mm-hmm. yeah you know he he figures it out he's like sure i can he when scott glenn asked him can you track it or can you find it again he says sure now i know what to look for right yeah, I mean, I th- I think it's believable because I mean, there's they mentioned cavitation, like the you know there's still going to be some cavitation, which I assume is sort of like vibration, underwater vibration or mm-hmm. whatever. But um, there's still going to be some of that, and yeah, this, so it's it's not completely silent, but it's if they're if everything they have is based on this passive sonar where they're not actually pinging and looking, they're not mm-hmm. actively looking for other subs. They're just they're just listening the whole time. Mm-hmm. You can you can hear whales. You can hear, uh, you know, magma in the sea floor. You can hear shit happening on the surface of the water. You know, like water. You know, water c- conducts sound really well, so you hear all sorts of shit. So you just have to yeah. have it quiet enough to not stand out at all, right? Or not enough to to hear yeah. someone to go, oh, that's a giant sub. Mm-hmm. So again, I think that's <laughs> Clancy. Well, the other thing is that I I think this is like amazing example of how well it's it's like the best cold war movie that wasn't really in the cold war during the cold war i mean well it kind of was well it? they had to do that it's you saw the producers were like um well it's because they they were making the movie while they were making the movie the soviet union existed by the time they were done it it didn't hmm. you know all that shit had, had kind of gone by and they were like oh well should we change it and they're like no no let's just make it in 1984 mike gorbachev you know oh right because it came out in 90 yeah. Right. Comes out in takes 90. place in eighty four, but take okay. But I can't think of a better example of a Cold War movie that, that really kind of captures the spirit of this without like being mm-hmm. too rah rah. And, and if anything, it's like giving you know naval officers and these people a lot of credit on both sides because they're, mm-hmm. they're saying you know they're they're playing a game that none of us really understand. Yeah. And they're doing it for their countries, and then and then uh, the weird part to me are not weird but the interesting part is that Ramius who's Lithuanian not Russian not Russian is sort of taken aback by the whole idea of a first strike weapon and, and the whole idea of nuclear yeah. war and that you know and there's other movies that like I mentioned I like that uh, Crimson Tide movie not it's not as good as this obviously but it's it plays with that a lot more like the yeah. idea of war and what you do the scruples yeah. and all that shit Actually, I think one of the reasons I prefer this to Crimson Tide is because Crimson Tide feels kind of stupid in comparison, I suppose. Absolutely. You know, because, like, Gene Hackman's just this, like, black and white, rah, rah, blah, blah, you know, I'm going to fucking, i am got orders and I'm going to shoot my missiles. And it's so mm. annoying. It's like, dude, take a break, man. Just take, wait. Just wait a minute, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Think about this. Christ. Anyway, well, so Bart, Bert Mancuso, Scott Glenn's character, mm-hmm. kind of encapsulates almost that entire movie in like a few of his decisions. You know, like he's 
he's got orders in hand and he has to really decide he has to like do what you said like he has to wait a second and he has, yeah. you know he constantly is trying to weigh um mm-hmm. ryan's sort of optimism against the reality and his job for god's sake i mean he's got all these men on this boat <clears throat> under, under his command and direct orders and he's you know he could be court-martialed if he's not especially if he's not right but he could even he could be court-martialed either way yeah you know mm-hmm. so it's a big it's a big leap for him to do all that stuff and even though like as as you know, numbskulls watching a movie were like, oh, come on, man, you got to believe him. But you're like, no, there's no mm-hmm. real reason for him to do that. It's just mm-hmm. instinct and hunches and all that stuff. Yeah. And so they, they cover a lot of that Crimson Tide stuff, like, with just in a few scenes. So it's mm-hmm. even even more masterful. Yeah. I can't remember Crimson Tide at all. Uh, oh, yeah? Basically, yeah. <laughs> they Denzel spent half Washington the movie, like, Gene Hackman debating how, what heads. orders are. And, yeah, and the, and the like radio bubble like gets a, cut there's off. There's, like, a mutiny and, and shit. And, yeah. There's factions. <laughs> Aragorn the King is, is on the... Which, which side is he on? I think he's on Denzel Washington's thing. I mean, sorry, Viggo Mortensen is on the, the <laughs> Denzel's side. <laughs> Whatever. We're not talking about that movie. I mean, this one, yeah. This one's much it's, better. It's, it's fine. This is This is better. I think we need to do a podcast where we just talk about roles that Harrison Ford to- turned down. <laughs> <laughs> because this one's crazy. Yeah, this one's interesting. Yeah. Because he turned down the Jack Ryan role. So they gave it to Alec Baldwin. And then when they went to make Patriot Games, Alec Baldwin asked for so much money that they're like, for that money, we can just get Harrison Ford. <laughs> so Baldwin went back down and they asked Harrison Ford if they'd do it. And he did. So that's mm-hmm. how Harrison Ford became Jack Ryan, which is crazy. And, and, <laughs> I mean, and what's interesting is the sort of the collateral damage of that transaction is that Gates McFadden, who yeah. was in Star Trek The Next Generation, played Jack Ryan's wife in this. And she only took the role because, one, she had been released from Star Trek, and two, they told her the role would be much bigger in Patriot Games. <laughs> 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 like they were already planning Whoops. to make it. And so she yeah. took it. And then when, when, <laughs> when Alec Baldwin got... Uh, booted. They got rid of her because they wanted two new actors in those roles. Then, if one was going to be new, they wanted them both new. So she lost the job. <laughs> Screwed. <laughs> and then also, you know, Sam Neill's in this, and Sam Neill later got to be the main character in Jurassic Park, who mm-hmm. Harrison Ford had also refused <laughs> yeah. to so be. I, is that what I couldn't figure out? If that was true. So he. So Harrison Ford did turn that down. I yeah. believe that's what they say. Yeah, and yeah. they say that that's why that's why the character looks like Indiana Jones because well, they, oh. <laughs> yeah, with the hat and everything. Yeah, yeah. The um, the character is also based on Jack Horner, who is a paleontologist. Who um, isn't that the I guy think... who sat in the corner eating a pizza pie? <laughs> looking for his yeah, that's exactly, tyrannosaurus that's exactly. and <laughs> yes so anyway um jack horner is a famous paleontologist who met with steven spielberg and he based the character somewhat on him but horner um when you look at some of his old pictures also sometimes dressed a little bit like indiana <laughs> jones <laughs> you know Mm-hmm. Sometimes a little more more color to his clothing, but when he was out on digs, he was wearing 
you know, a hat with a big brim and everything else. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's, yeah. That's our paleontology moment for the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Sweet. I like, I like that you refer to a famous paleontologist. Well, there's yeah. only one. He's it. There's like, like if you're in a paleontology and if you haven't heard of him, then you're really not into paleontology because he's the only paleontologist right. that everybody's heard of. Well, everybody who's into paleontology has heard of. Him. Yeah. Okay. okay. Wasn't well, there a guy I mean. named Backer who wrote a book? And there I'm, was. I'm referring to the the reference to that in Jurassic Park, which is the reason. <laughs> no, I mean there, there. Yeah, there's other stuff in the past, but he's he's the one. Anyway, yeah. all right. Well, you know what else is weird, just quickly, is that the that Harrison Ford was with Sean Connery in Last Crusade, mm-hmm. and then he said he turned it down partially because Sean it was basically about Sean Connery. You know, it was more it was all about him and not really right. about Jack Ryan. And it's like what an ego. Well, that, but also <laughs> like it would have just been weird to see them t- together on screen right after Last Crusade. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, it's like oh yeah, wait, what, what the hell? Maybe not. Maybe you'd just be like, okay, it's a t- totally different movie. But, you know, <laughs> at least Sean Connery's not wearing a hairpiece in, in Last Crusade. Well, Sean Connery got the role last second, too. Yeah. Because the first guy he... broke his leg, right? Who was it yeah. supposed to be? Uh, what's his it, name? It was supposed to be a guy named Klaus. Um, yeah. No, I can't um, remember. Yeah, Klaus something, uh, and, he, and he's in stuff we've seen, but he's not like a super well-known actor, but I'm sure Cohen knows him, but I'm not fine. The only it. Klaus I can think of is Klaus Kinski, but I doubt it was him. It's not, not no, that Klaus. It's not him. <laughs> the other Klaus. has got a hyphenated name. Where the hell is it? I lost my link. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about cast and, and stuff, let me, let me start with the, the most mind-blowing double-up. <laughs> the bear the bear exactly right <laughs> it's good that we saw die hard fairly recently because i looked at that bear and i was like he's the same bear <laughs> did you see, did you really see that i think that? i saw the bear and i was like that looks like the same bear i thought it was an odd coincidence but i, I would not have said oh that's gotta be the same bear but well, I, guess, I don't know if know. it's the exact same bear but no they say like, it I is the same they say it's yeah, the same it bear is. that's what they say yeah, yeah. it's the, the exact same bear yeah mm-hmm. oh that's funny i mean it looked like it <laughs> we just sit around just... the prop room they're like hey let's so i guess bear. i guess that bear is to john mctiernan what the the car is to sam raimi uh, <laughs> you guys know about the car yes just it's... because you told us about it but why don't you tell us again <laughs> well that's this his his car that he the car he owned when he made evil dead that they used in the movie has appeared in every one of his films since although i'm not sure if it's in doctor strange in the multiverse of madness hmm but it is in the spider-man movies i bet he i bet he worked it in somehow probably unless it's better be in there yeah hmm. huh. yeah oh klaus uh klaus maria brandauer brandauer yes yeah uh, Oh, okay. I recognize him. I just looked up a picture of him. Yeah, why is he so familiar? Um, Nothing like he's huge, but... He's in Never Say Never Again out of Africa. White oh, fan. yeah. He worked with Sean Connery. Yeah. Yes. And in a couple of movies. And like Russia yeah. House, maybe? Yeah. He's in yeah. Russia House. Correct. Go. Yeah. All right. I mean, do, do we want to do... We want to keep going with our thoughts or should we do all the double ups? Oh, we have some more double ups? There's, There's another more. I think we There's have plenty. Oh yeah. 
I wasn't really paying, like I said, I wasn't really paying attention. Like, no, that's all. good. I mean, you know, I mean, you're entertained. Yes. <laughs> Are you not entertained? Oh. <laughs> the, uh, we didn't, we haven't done Die Hard 2, but the Stack'em, Pack'em, and Rack'em guy is, <laughs> is on the, uh, is on the one ship. Well, yeah, John McTiernan is a double up. Jan mm-hmm. yes. DeBont, the cinematographer, is a double up. Yeah. And they said that Jan DeBont was the one who, who first kind of snickered at the whole like ponytail thing that, that, <laughs> that Sean Connery was wearing. Because it's interesting. Why would it? Why would it? <laughs> right. Why would that it, would never why would it, Yeah. Why would he do that? Like an, well, why would an, a naval officer of any country have a ponytail? Yeah, who knows? Is that, but I th- what was interesting is that, that Connery went around... His, uh, over his head or like talk to producers and stuff and kind of tried to clear he tried to get it all cleared <laughs> and a few years later um john mcturner was like yeah i was pretty livid about that whole thing it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> and it wasn't until the second day of shooting jan debont was looking at the dailies and he was like um it looks like a a, a limp penis or something <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what and they so they, call it and they made fun of him I think and, I and think that term I right? read was swinging lip limp dick. <laughs> <laughs> they kept saying it, and Sean Connery got offended, and then that's when he was. He's like, "Okay, fine, that's, that's what I guess. <laughs> fine." Um, all right. Oh, Tim to, Curry. Tim Curry from Clue. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Jones from Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck uh, and Ferris Bueller's right. Day Off. Yes. Yeah. Yep. He's a triple up. Yep. Have we have we done any movies with Stone Skarsgård? I don't think no, so. No. I saw him in there. That's I was surprising. Like, oh, yeah, he's super famous too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's awesome. His progeny is famous now too. He's got yeah. both of them, right? Two of them. Well, he's got more than two kids, but more than two. Yeah, there's tons of them. But the True Blood, the True Blood guy, and the guy from It. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I can't think of anything he's he's in that we would have talked about. Um, Rick Ducommon, the helicopter pilot. <laughs> Anyone notice that one? That was which, um, which helicopter? He's the guy. Oh, you should have saved us second month where we puking yeah. our guts. Oh, well, uh, oh, right. Was he in the cable guy? <laughs> no, he's in. Um, oh wait, he's no. Oh, he's in. No, he's in UHF, right? No, no. I, the one I'm thinking of I'm is conflating people. Is Groundhog Day? He's in, Groundhog he's in the Day. bar. Groundhog Day. Huh. He could be another something, something else, but I know he's in that one. Oh, I'm thinking of the same guy who's in. He's in UHF and UHF he's and in Cable, Cable Guy, guy yeah. and it's yes. not this guy. I can't think of his name now. Me either. Bob something. I don't think it's Bob. Bob. <laughs> not Bob Dudley. <laughs> <then. laughs> no. <laughs> It's a shout out. Oh, geez, I hope we don't kill Bob Dabalina. <laughs> <laughs> we keep talking about it. Um, that, what else? Well, that might, you know, we might have covered him, but. Yeah. Uh, editors now, music now. I, I recognized um, Jonesy is playing Miles Dyson in one of the last Terminator movies. Hmm. Wait, he, wait! No, that's what? not that's not him. Seaman no. Jones plays Miles Dyson in, in the not <laughs> the not the any of the ones before two thousand and like what was the last one? Genesis. Uh, oh dark, no, Dark Fate. It's not the same. They didn't bring the same wait. actor back. I don't. I know who you're talking about, but 
I know. Are you talking about Courtney B. Vance? T two. He is talking about Courtney B. Vance. And he was he played Miles Dyson one of the later Terminator movies. He, I'm checking right here. Yeah, (laughs) Terminator (laughs) Genesis, 2015. Oh, that one was terrible. Sorry, we didn't believe you, but yes. Wait, which one is that? You agree? You should not believe me. Someone (laughs) as obscure as that, but I was like, oh, it's like I've seen him in the recent years. Anyway. All right, well, I feel like, yeah, I think we've got all the important Mm. ones. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't had Sam Neill yet. Mm. No. No? Yeah. Sam Neill's great. I feel like he should be in more things. Yeah, I know. I Mm -hmm. think we haven't had James Earl Jones because we're never going to do Star Wars movies. Yeah, but he's in lots of other stuff. He's the only <laughs> actor who's in this and Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen all of those movies? Yeah. Yeah. I remember really remember. liking pa- Patriot Games, but I don't think it holds up because I... I don't remember them I've at all. I've seen it kind I of recently. I know I've seen them, but I don't remember them. I And I saw the Sum of All Fears, the Ben Affleck, don't remember that. Remember, I didn't like it. I never saw the one with Chris Pine... Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, Kevin Costner's Kevin in that. Costner's in that. They wanted to play Jack Ryan in the first place. That was interesting to me because I can't, I can't see him playing Jack Ryan. I can, I, I kind of can. As a young man, like a young Kevin Costner, you know. I mean, this was ninety nine. No, see, nineteen ninety. I, I don't know. Like he plays a naval officer in um, No Way Out, and he's he's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. He plays but kind way- of a. Kind of a, a a do-gooder type, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I mean, it's not that it's not it's not him as an actor. It's just him. It's something about like the the cadence of his acting or the, mm. the way he would play the character. I almost think it's yeah. different because I give a lot of credit to Alec Baldwin for not like overdoing this at yeah. all. Like he his um his performance is pretty subtle. Yeah, and he's obviously got a lot of chops. Like he he gets one little. Care, you know, one little, um, uh, what do you call it when you imitate somebody? <laughs> oh, yeah, his impression of Sean Connery. His impression Connery. of yeah. Sean Connery. He gets one of those. And he can do a million of them, but he only has yeah. one. Yeah. And it's funny, he also, you like, know? His performance is great because he, he um, I never once thought of him as, like, an action hero in this movie. No, no way. At all. Right. You know, right. he... he and he could because, in, in, at, at, you know, in those days, the 80s, late 80s, and, and throughout the 90s, he was playing sort of action heroes. Oh, well, he's a double up, too. Sorry. <laughs> um, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. He's a. Oh, yeah. What's, married what's to the, Mary Mary the Mob. Ross. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Mary, Mary the Mob. Yeah, and and Clint Clint Oh, and. So he uh, totally could have, but he didn't. And that was, was another one, Sam? I just found another one. Yeah. Well, the, the interns did. Uh, Timothy Carhart is Zenovich in Witness, which mm. we did. Ooh. Uh-huh. Yes. Another Harrison Ford link. Yep. Um, oh, He's and... Bill Steiner in this movie. And speaking of actors who have played Jack Ball... Uh, Jack... Jack uh, Ryan. The, um, the show with um, John Krasinski is, is really good. And he's, and he's good. He's good in the role. He's sort of like... He's... He's a, a a little more action heroy than Alec Baldwin is, but he's mm-hmm. still sort of like it, it, it's a progression, you know. Because there's two seasons okay. of the show, and by middle to end of the second season, he's kind of like, kind of like a gun wielding dude saving the day, you know, instead of just like an analyst right. a little bit, you know. But it, it's good. It's well, it's, really, it's, it's well written. It's well made, and John Krasinski is very likable. Yeah, you know, in everything. 
He kind of did that in the thirteen, the Benghazi movie, the 13, mm. what, 13 hours, days, uh, 13 hours or hours days. or days. What was it? Whatever it was. Yeah. So he plays a, <laughs> Whatever. Uh, a hard ass. Uh, he plays yeah. a Navy SEAL, right? Na- Navy SEAL or yeah, something like that. Special ops guy. Yeah. And he's convincing in that, you know, it's yeah. kind of bulked up and everything. Yeah. But I mean the whole, but the, yeah, I think the, the importance of the Jack Ryan, especially in this movie, which is, you know, and for a long time was the first time was the earliest representation of him was a fish out of water the, the entire time yeah yeah um and not really and he kept doubting himself mm-hmm. um one of the nitpicks i have not nitpick but like one of the things i noticed when you see when you've seen this dozens of times is you that crash on the aircraft carrier which you know mm-hmm. is obviously not a they didn't do that for the film that was from like 1951 or something because you you can see that footage in other movies yeah I think I, I like might have how said, they did it. Yeah, it's yeah, because then you see they the smoke and it's it's convincing. I don't I buy it. But um, what I thought about this time was like, okay, well, he you know, um, what's his name from Die Hard Two? He's like, this will get out of hand. This will get out yeah. of hand, and we'll lucky to live through it. And that's when he he kind of you know the next thing you you see is him on the on the chopper. So I assume that that's supposed to be showing him like doing a gut check because everyone's talking him out of everything's talking him out of doing this mm-hmm. you know like oh you're expendable oh you're an analyst he's talking himself out of it and he just keeps pushing himself forward because that like that moment was important because he thought if i don't do this look at the shit that's going to happen you know right yeah mm-hmm. so and that's what i liked about it because they didn't that was such a quick little thing like they didn't glorify it or spend a lot of time on it or whatever it was just like all of a sudden this thing happens really quick just to, and it's, it's this, you know, obviously in other movies, it would be a really important part of the scene, you know, like, um, but this was like, happened super quick. Right. It just gives them that thought like, okay, there's not any, I gotta any go. background music either. There's no like yeah. stirring music or heroic type thing. It's just like, Oh shit. <laughs> I guess I'm getting on this chopper. <laughs> yeah. And that the scene when he drops out of the chopper, I, I, thought it was amazing that that was on a you know a sound studio in on in san diego or something it was on on land they didn't mm-hmm. there was never no nowhere near water i guess that's a that's pretty crazy. simple filmmaking thing but I, to me it looked like you know he's dropping from that line and then he's falling into the water maybe i don't know Cohen, did you think that looked good and oh yeah totally yeah oh yeah that's extremely well made that scene i never would have guessed a million years that there wasn't actually water underneath. Yeah, them. that they were in like a parking lot somewhere, right? Yeah, right. Or Crazy. even that there was a, like if it's a tank of water, like still you'd still yeah. assume that you'd want the shot yeah. to straight down sure. facing the water. Not yeah, just, I mean there, you know? there there's there's a few minor dodgy moments when the effects for this, and it's mostly around like uh, torpedoes. Actually, yeah, exactly. Mm. Everything else is pretty fucking seamless. You know, it yeah. really looks great. It holds up really well. It's just those couple of like optical effects where the 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 torpedoes look um, badly photoshopped in or something, you know. Mm. But other than that, you know, it yeah, didn't they, really take me out of it at all. Right. They had like a model with twelve strings attached to sort of kind of mo- maneuver it around, and then mist from dry ice and like smoke stuff. You know, I think like the way they photographed the ocean mm-hmm. is pretty incredible. I mean, not they didn't actually photograph the ocean, but they, they, made, they, made, right. they made us believe this is all in the ocean. Every single shot. Sure. Because there's a lot of yeah. stuff happening in the water. Yep. 
and none of it looks you know you can't like say oh that shot looked dumb or mm-hmm. you know it's just it's crazy yeah yep i thought of a i thought of a minor nitpick yeah and i'm not entirely certain it's a nitpick it's a compliment that becomes a nitpick so <laughs> <laughs> you know so the scene where they switch from russian to english yeah, yeah. i think it's fucking awesome Yes, I do too. Like yeah. a really clever way to get around certain sort of logistics of of having an entire cast speak Russian, you know? Yeah, and subtitles the whole time. Right, right. And, uh, you know, I thought that was a really clever way of getting around it. And he did it again later in The 13th Warrior. Uh, hmm. Real similar, uh, the way he sort of uses language and stuff. But in this, it was awesome. I really dig it. You know, they like the slow sort of track in on the guy talking until you were just a choker on his mouth. And the word he says is Armageddon, and that's when they switch. And Armageddon is the same in both languages, mm-hmm. pronounced slightly different, and then pulls out, and they're all speaking English. It's such a great idea. I'd yeah. love to know whose idea that was. Was that in the script? Was that John McTiernan? Was it some fucking PA? He's like, yeah, maybe we should do this. Yeah. I, you know, it's just, it's, it's just great. It's such a good idea. Now, here's the nitpick. Later, when they're actually speaking English... Would they sound exactly the same? <laughs> Would they <Well>. sound? <laughs> I can't. It's like it's just, it's ridiculous. I know, but I well. can't help but wonder if these guys were actually speaking English, they should have Russian accents. But they now, in the right. first half of the movie, right. they're not actually speaking English. They're speaking Russian. We, as a viewer, are hearing English because it's a conceit of the film, and we buy it. Right. So we know that these actors are speaking Ru- Russian, but we hear their voices. And it's a convenience thing, you know, it's a storytelling thing. So later, I couldn't help but think, shouldn't they have Russian accents? Yeah, I, I agree. And especially because, you know, Sean Connery has a distinctive voice and it's kind of hard to yeah. n- not hear his Scottish and almost British yeah. attributes. And But then, you, yeah, if you have to go through the entire cast and, the, you know, I think what they did was picked an actor, uh, the guy who does the 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 uh, uh, executive officer that gets killed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he was really good at that and making it sound believable. I, I thought that yeah. Sean Connery's Russian was pretty kind of weak. Not that I can tell, but just yeah. like, like if he said the same, so uh, Sam Niels in the beginning, he says the line or he says a word and then Sean, Sean Connery repeats the word. And I'm like, eh, I don't buy his as much, yeah. you know, but that's totally a nitpick thing. That's not a, mm-hmm. it was good enough. Yeah. And he's yeah right. He's Lithuanian. There, right. there you go. He just covered it up. Perfect. Um, and I was gonna. Th- I thought you were gonna say like. So then they come back to it. Like so, they go to the uh, Kremlin, and the guy's opening the letter from Ramius, mm-hmm. and his his uh, assistant. He's going yeah yeah, and he sounds. He's almost like doing a Russian accent. Mm-hmm. And his his uh, assistant is talking in, you know. English or British, I don't know, remember, or whatever it was, it was, it was plainly English and all the people were greeting him in, in Russian and stuff. And I was like, Oh wait, did they break that? But it's, again, it's like, well, they're still basically talking in English and then it doesn't, they don't really go back to Russian until they meet, everyone meets up in, in the sub mm-hmm. when they're standing in the standoff and they're like, Bakaru and all that stuff. And yeah, you know, then it's like, okay, well now we're hearing their, their Russian again. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I I think it could have been a little bit more like Malkovich and Rounders. Like let's let's get a little bit of <laughs> not a lot, just a little. <laughs> but that's the problem. Like how do you do? Money. How do you do a, a just a little bit of you know? How do you do a little bit of Russian? You can't. You just just slide right into that over the top stuff. Yeah. So I think ultimately it was the right decision. And yeah. I do I agree that that scene is I've never seen anyone do something like that as effectively or and the point when they do it in the movie is, is perfect too it's sort of like yeah okay we're shifting now you know mm-hmm. and yeah yeah i like it a lot it's just damn good filmmaking ah <laughs> <sighs> yes <laughs> that's all i've got to say no totally enjoy because I, I do what you do i i have a little pad of paper and pen there to write stuff down and the and i picked it up and i was like no i'm not going to do that it's going to distract me yeah you know once i started look once i was like 10 minutes in i was like that's it you know? <laughs> oh. i think it's it's weird to you go through the whole movie and you realize like I think that women had two lines in that whole movie. There's no women in the at all. They're, yeah. they're, you know, it's military subs, you know, submarines. Like, they're not, yeah. there just wasn't going to be women there. Sure. Like, but it's just weird. I was like, holy yeah. cow, that's got to be one of the most male movies right. ever made. I mean, that's, I mean, you could also say that for the most part, John McTiernan only makes movies about men. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. sure. Ain't too many women in Predator. There's one. I heard it's like his wife. Yeah. A couple extras. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like the... Um, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that, that Larry Ferguson, one of the screenwriters, was in... He was like a petty officer, but I, was not, I wasn't sure which one he was. He's, it's, he's Master Chief Petty Officer Watson. Hmm. Chief of the boat. So I don't know if he's the guy with the glasses, because that's a big part. Or he's just that other guy that kind of hands. Oh, him a oh, that's a that guy's a double up, by the way. Larry Ferguson, the one, well, the guy with the glasses. Yeah, the, okay. like who the chief of the boat or whatever. He, oh no, he's not a double up. Sorry, he's in. He plays an FBI guy in uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. He's like chewing on his glasses. Oh no! no, no. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait. And that and that and uh, what's his name uh, says he's still still trying to butch up by chewing on your glasses. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, I just derailed what you were saying. No, that's okay because I wasn't. Sh- I'm still not sure if he's <laughs> the guy with the glasses. But anyway, this the screenwriter gets in there and he, and he obviously has an, a a part to play. So that's impressive. Um, and I mean, I haven't seen that since like Shane Black and in Predator when he wrote himself in and did a really good job. <laughs> you know, like you didn't you didn't go oh well that's got that's got to be a screenwriter. I mean, maybe he's a little well, smaller than kinda. he's a little smaller than the giants like a, in the movie. Kind of a doofus, but he's supposed to be a doofus. That's kind of his role. Like he's one of the first ones killed, and he's got to be the you know he's the, guy, he's the one telling the jokes. You know, yeah. Yeah, some good ones. <laughs> yeah. Just real quickly, the uh, intern tapped me on the shoulder and pointed out that Glengarry Glenn Ross has zero women in it. Ah, mm-hmm. yeah, which we did review. Yes, yes. right. So yeah. if you made a naval movie today. Even like when they did um, uh, Crimson Tide, like there should have been a woman or two aboard because I think, yeah, right. It was nineties. Aren't we getting toward like some equality or not quality? But you know what I'm saying. Like now, it's now you know the women are a big part of the military. Um, and she all, is, is a double up. forces too. 
Jay oh, Black is in this movie. He is in this movie? Yeah, he's uncredited seaman. Nice. Really? Yeah. He's USS Reuben James Crewman. Huh. <laughs> uncredited. So he's a double Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're on it today. I mean, women. As you guys talk, give them some more chocolate. Like right. little, yeah. yeah. Also, interns, interns just let me know that um, uh, women were were banned from serving aboard submarines until 2010. Okay, right. that's what I'm saying. So that's I'm way not off. Surprising. Okay. Wow, they were banned. That's, I guess because it's close quarters and all that stuff, or well, I don't I know. Yes, who I knows? Know. Who knows what they were thinking back then? Yeah. That's why the joke works. What's long and hard and full of semen. <laughs> so <laughs> they systematically oppressed an entire gender to make a joke work. Gotcha. <laughs> for years. Yeah, for for years. years. That's why no one tells the joke anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't work. They're like it's filled with sea people. Sorry. Sea <laughs> people. Uh-huh. Oh crap. <laughs> Ooh, there's a guy named Dan Davis in here. Dan um, Davis is Captain Charlie Davenport, commanding officer. I don't know. What would... Yeah. Who knows? I like, uh, and also the sort of um, obligatory Fred Thompson role. Yeah. Uh, you know, who's in, who plays like a, a general, an admiral, a senator in every movie, action movie made that involves a military from like 1980 to 1999. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you something that I didn't realize until now. Um, mm-hmm. What didn't you realize till now? Well, it, uh, partially because I'm just stupid. It, but um, Thomas Arana, the, the Loganov, the cook character, mm-hmm. the saboteur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's list, he lists that he's listed as a GRU agent. Mm. Oh. So, so it's like, oh, duh. I should have like, okay. So, so spoiler when he talks alert. about. <laughs> well, yeah, spoiler alert, right? Shit. If you haven't seen this movie. You're screwed because. But you should see this movie. But you should see this no, movie. No, but he's listed in the credits or like. No, like in the in Wikipedia, it's, it's yeah, it shows. That's what I mean. That's that's kind of a spoiler. Though. It is. It is. A right. It could have just said the cook from. Yeah. Cook's assistant. Yeah. In Loganov, because that's his character. Yeah. But he, yeah, he's an agent. He's a he's a Kremlin, sto- you know, um, a spy. I guess. Yeah. yeah. What, do you, what do you call that? Because they were checking up on him. That's that's what he was worried about. So. You know, the first thing that Ramius does is kill the executive officer, which is horrible. And he, he doesn't seem to like doing it, but he feels like he has to because he mm-hmm. changes the orders and the, or, you know, like none yeah. of it works if he doesn't do that, you know? Yeah. And again, that's another thing that they cover in Crimson Tide, like how important the executive officer is and turning the keys, especially on a nuclear submarine. Yeah. Um, and he, but then he brings over the cook and is like, hey, are you witnessing me? I'm taking his yeah. key and, you know. There you go. It's a matter of record. But if not for that, the cook would have had no idea what was going on. Oh, yeah. Unless he was really good at his job. But he seemed to be, I mean, or he could have just been at the right place at the right time <laughs> on purpose. Who knows? But yeah, that's the stuff I wouldn't, I'd seen it so, so many times, never thought about that. I'm like, oh, he's just a cook that's really patriotic. I don't know. Or he's just, or he just hates Ramius or something. No, he's, that's his job. He was like there to protect the asset of the Soviet Union. Yeah. You know? And he was doing doing his duty as. But the, anyway, I just thought it was interesting. The actor looked familiar who played the cook. Uh, uh, where I is didn't, it? I didn't Thomas Arana, Thomas Clifford Arana. He's in the bodyguard. Oh, is he the is he the killer in the bodyguard? I think he is. Oh yeah. Yeah, 
Sorry, I, spo- I spoiled uh, the, the bodyguard now. <laughs> so I, ha- I, I had a, I had a silly moment uh, watching this. You know, I, I don't know why, but Alec Baldwin's reaction to seeing that it's a cook cracks me up. Yeah. Because he, he's like a goddamn cook. <laughs> and in, in my mind, what I thought was, like, I guess you never saw uh, Under Siege. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's they right. It's the they're cook. Like, they're like, yeah, the cook. No one expects the cook. Of course what if it's he, the cook. What if he's a Green Beret and knows karate and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I feel like um, maybe maybe the, that the, that moment was the inspiration for uh, the entire film of Undersea. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably true. I have to look that up later. You might remember the cook, the Thomas Arana guy from Gladiator, because he was like the main general, general or lieutenant of Russell Crowe. Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm, hey, that's why he looked familiar. Hmm. That's what. I- Oh, he's in Limitless. I don't remember him in that, but whatever. He's in a bunch of other yeah. stuff, but yeah. Hmm. So I think you could be like pretty much twelve and older and watch this movie. Sure. It's John McTiernan's only PG film, I think. Yeah, it is. Oh shit, he's a double up. <laughs> yeah. Is this right, Thomas? Right? Yeah, he's in. He's in Tombstone. <laughs> really. What the hell? I wonder who. Uh, All these maybe people. That's, He's that's Frank Stillwell. Looks, yeah. That's probably why he looks familiar. Man, there's just. Can't throw a stone without hitting a double up in this movie. Yes. Hmm. Do they need to make this again? No. no. Could you Still even. Great. Could you even do it? You could. could, you could. It? What's could you... the point? But you don't need to. Like, how are you going to improve on it? Make the torpedoes look realer? I mean, that <laughs> seems like a silly reason to make a movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was perfect for that time. I, yeah. mean, I, I think it'd be hard to even write the book now. Like, if, a, if the book came out now, I don't know that people would care so much. Like, because we don't have that sort of tension with another country where... You know, the tensions are different. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Right, right. The mood is different. The. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, if you're... People our age kind of in, inherently understand the Cold War as these big two superpowers. Yeah. That's another reason it's like, it hits that nostalgia stuff for us because, mm-hmm. you know, in today's day, I mean, I'm not going to talk about the Ukraine or anything that's going on right now, but... In the intervening time, like, yeah, things have broken down into much smaller factions. There are really a lot of, I mean, we're not, we're a superpower, but, you know, we're not, like, China's, China, everybody's doing their own thing. It's just kind of different now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you weren't, yeah, if you weren't there for it, it's, it's kind of hard to explain how kind of, I don't, I don't know how to, <laughs> and, you know, the, the very concept of a Cold War is so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, the old like this, idea. this constant espionage and maneuvering behind the scenes. Right. Nothing overt, nothing public. No one wanting to actually cause a war because it would be catastrophic. Right. But also no one wanting to give any ground. It's, it's fucking weird. <laughs> but it's great fodder for films. <laughs> yeah. You know, for political thrillers, it's it's... 
like the best fodder there is. Right. And in our parents' day, they probably would say, oh, you don't understand it because you didn't live through the Bay of Pigs or the yeah. Cuban nuclear missile crisis. You know, that mm-hmm. that was like a huge moment in their yeah. lives. And mm-hmm. You don't forget that stuff. But even then, it was the same bad guys, you know. Mm. I think, you know, generations are raised with bad guys. We were raised that communists are the bad guy. And yeah. right now, now the new Specifically Russians, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The the new bad guys for a while were, were um, you know, Al-Qaeda. And, mm-hmm. Or the bad guy now is big corporations. It's always, you know, some evil CEO. The, the bad guys are generational. Yeah. I'm looking at the main... Oh, Richard Jordan, Mm -hmm. the National Security Advisor. Yeah. I think he's great. (laughs) Yeah, he's great. I didn't realize he died of brain cancer or something, like, 93. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was not long after. Yeah, because he's he's a pretty great actor. I mean, just in this, because he just has this funny way about him and... Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, he's great. (laughs) You know, when... when, uh, they're like, uh, I have another matter to discuss. With He's like, oh, Andre, you've lost another submarine. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. That There's guy. Yeah. That, you recognize that guy, right? The Russian right. ambassador. If he was... Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> yes. From Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like there's no small parts in this movie. It's like everybody's... Got at least a few good lines. and That guy, also Richard Jordan, you know, the, the scene where he basically tells Jack, all right, let's say, let's say you're right. What, what do we do about it? Like, I love that scene where mm-hmm. he tells him, he, you know, I'm a politician, so, you know, I'm a liar. <laughs> yeah. When I'm not kissing babies, I'm trying <laughs> right. to steal the lollipops. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then he says, but I like to keep my options open. <laughs> I thought that was a really great scene. And, uh, and, and so like, in like a perfect encapsulation of what makes uh, sort of like a good politician or maybe not good, but a politician, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very believable. You know, playing, playing the angles basically. Right. And, and that's what to, he does. He's like, he's yeah. parallel pathing. He's got his stuff he's doing with the joint chiefs, but he, and here's this guy, Jack Ryan. He's like, well, maybe he's right too. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Yep. Playing every Sweat time. off my sack. <laughs> I think that was in the original script. And it was. They, yeah, they cut that line. <laughs> they toned it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Right after they had Alec to cut Baldwin it for time. Leaves the room. He's like, no sweat off my sack. <laughs> it's in the DVD extras. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that whole boardroom scene. I guess there's John McTiernan's dad is one of the guys in there. Oh I could, yeah. I couldn't tell you, who, but that's a good scene too. And yeah. James Earl Jones like, <laughs> I told you to speak your mind, but Jesus, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. All right, so we love this movie. Yeah. We agree you should not remake it. We agree people should watch it. Uh, I guess that's, yeah. What else? Nothing. Got nothing. Is there uh, any, any, any interest in anything interesting about the music? Well, they said that they didn't release, like in the soundtrack, they didn't have the the Russian crew singing the the national hymn, which hmm. you'd think would be the first thing on the soundtrack. Like, oh, that's yeah. a, that's a huge part of it. You know, they're singing, and then and then uh, Seaman Jones actually hears them singing, and that was part of the reason that they were able to track them. Um, 
but that they said oh part of it was the format like it was still on audio cassette they didn't didn't even have it on cd first hmm so it's like oh shit yeah that was just about the time that cds were starting to to be a thing yeah so <laughs> is, there, is, there, like a, is there is there a composer credited is there a score i don't i, I don't yeah honestly i yeah. don't even remember the i don't really remember the soundtrack at all other than like that scene you know yeah it's uh what's his name it's not someone it's not someone we've covered before it's not somebody no. i would have said oh yeah music hmm. basil polyad polydorus or basil hmm. however you want to say that Basil Constantine no. Polidorus. Hmm. But he's American with that. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Huh. Um, he works with pa- Paul Verhoeven. Hmm. Oh, he did He did Conan the Barbarian, Red Dawn, so he's <laughs> Robocop. <laughs> nice. And then he did this. So, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of pretty uh, high-flying stuff, and then he did this. I mean, it's, it doesn't seem... Ton- given the nature of the film, like no- nothing he did with the music seemed like over the top, you know? Yeah, I know that the Academy gave them uh, nominations for like edit- sound editing and sound mixing and stuff, and they mm. won something. I don't know if uh, editing was also a nomination. It won for something. I can't remember which one, but editing, just editing. Yeah. So, oh, I I do have one nitpick. I I was trying to remember it this whole time. I'm finally finally got it. So, um, when. This is, I don't know if this is continuity or editing, but um, Alec Baldwin says, next time, Jack, write a memo. Mm-hmm. And he says that line twice. Yeah. So I've, what do you think? I think that probably they had that, he had them say that line in both of those scenes and they figured one of those scenes was going to get cut and they just never cut anything. So they, they missed it. Mm. And I've got a reason. Here's the reason why I think this, because... I watched on Netflix, like I think we all did, but then I caught a little bit uh, before we were getting ready. Just so I was like, oh, I'll just turn it back on. And it was a CBS <laughs> version. So it was cut. It's edited for content and whatnot. Mm, and yeah. they cut it right there. Like as the, the scene we were talking about when he gets on the, on the helicopter, he says, you know, he says, don't only worry about the survival. So you have four minutes. He's like, I'll try to remember that. And then after this, he says, next time, write a, write a memo. You know, he says that line again and they yeah. cut that. The TV version cut that because they knew like, Oh, why do we need that line twice? We don't. So hmm. in the theatrical version, it gets left in. So that's just, <laughs> that's about as good a nitpick because you're going to get from this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty minor. Yeah. Yeah. I did. When I was reading reviews, um, you know, for people who reviewed the movie many years later, I saw that it was put forth that this is Sean Connery's last good film. And mm. I thought, boy, that seems weird. But then I started looking through his list and I was like, hmm, arguably it's much better than anything he did afterward. Hmm. Um, I, I mean, I, I know First Night and Dragonheart and The Rock all have special places in Cohen's heart. But First Night? Uh, well i will say that um finding forcer has the dumbest fucking line ever (laughs) who's the man now dog oh my god that's Uh, what what sean connery says he says who's the man now dog who's the man now dog oh my god fuck off (laughs) um the league of extraordinary gentlemen is almost unwatchable it's so fucking bad the avengers is almost unwatchable it's so fucking bad first night's terrible 
Some people like that movie. No, nobody does. (laughs) Uh, Just cause. (laughs) Rising Sun stinks. Uh, Medicine Man's kind of watchable. (laughs) Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves is good, but he has a tiny part. Yeah, he has a Highlander 2 is nonsensical dreck. So, yeah, I mean. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty much right. But it seems like it's so, like, I was like, 1990, his last good film? I was like, oh, crap. You know? Yeah. I mean, he didn't really make anything after 2003. Because, I mean, I don't know if it's because League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was such dog shit, but. Yeah. I mean, it's we just, mentioned him yeah. as a double up, right? Who? Sean Connery. Oh. We did. Somebody did. I think. Oh, okay. Did we? Right? Wait, who do we? What's he from? <laughs> Time Bandits. Time, Time Bandits. Oh no, I think we yeah. missed that one. Okay. Interns well, 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 are well. killing it. Um, well, that's. I mean, also you could say that this is like the heyday of his entire career, anyway, because he's in 1986. He's doing the Highland. He's doing Highlander. Oh yeah, he had five movie, five years where it's just like bam, bam, bam. Well, what I'm saying that I'm saying that it's a bad thing. I'm saying he's going from Highlander to this. Well, yeah. no, he's not. But that's what I'm saying. But no, it's, he's, not. he's not. He's got because Highlander he's got was '86. He did between those. He did, he the, did Untouchables. the Untouchables. He did the Presidio. He did Indiana Jones: and Last Crusade. Right. Family Business kind of sucked. I'm, I'm making a comparison between right. Highlander and then the movie he does after. Like then he does Untouchables, Last Crusade, yeah. Hunt for October. Yeah. You know. So those are so. You're saying it's a string of good movies. A string of good movies. Yeah. Yeah. I agree and with then that. that. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, none of them are Zardoz, but they can't all be masterpieces, I suppose. <laughs> all right. Well, I was watching this, and Vivian walked in. She's like, "Oh, I had such a crush on him." Really? I was like, hmm. "I was like forty years older than you." That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> gross. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I'm kind of named after him. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess my mom felt the same way. Hmm. Well, let's see what he was making back in the early '70s. Uh, Zardoz. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so um, no, he was James Bond for what, Bond. seven films. Oh. He's still my favorite Bond. Oh yeah, he's the best. I liked um, Pierce Brosnan too. Yes, he's good. Movies weren't always that great, but I liked him. All right, what are we doing next? All right, we are doing. Uh, you know, it, 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 we're about a little over a month away from October uh, from Halloween, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start picking horror movies now. Start uh, since I'm gonna start because <laughs> I've never picked one before, right? <laughs> uh, but this one is sort of like a throwback. It's it's 1980. Aren't they all? <laughs> it's 1980, but it still it has that feel of like a 70s horror film, like Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist and stuff. Um. Oh. Uh, it, but it's a little more obscure. Uh, I'm trying to think of how I'd be surprised if either of you guys have seen it. It's not, yeah. I mean, it's not totally obscure, but I'm getting that sense. Uh, but it stars George C. Scott. Mm. That If you've seen it, that gives it away. Probably. It's it. Um, I know it. It's going to be like, it's not anything related to Amityville, is it? No, but it is kind of a haunted house movie. I know the name of it when I see it. It's like them or they or nope. <laughs> them or what they is it? or us. Yeah, yeah it's some it, pronoun. <laughs> it is called the Changeling. Oh, I oh. have seen that. Oh, you have. 
Yeah. Well, there you go. I saw it on VHS probably in like 1986. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it since probably, probably, I probably haven't seen it since I was, since we were in college. That was probably the last time I saw it. Did they remake that with Angelina Jolie? Same name, different movie completely. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> Hers was called Changeling. But okay. different story. Totally different story. It wasn't a remake or okay. a reboot or Total anything Total coincidence. Like that. Yeah. Cool. I think the, the Doors had a song called The Changeling. Did they? Yeah. Hmm. It's on the L.A. Woman album. They have another song called This Is The End of This Podcast. Oh, the <laughs> End. <laughs> Dude, nice. <laughs> Man, what a podcast that it's was, been. I think it's probably this our, is, that that our made best. it that made it our best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, Definitely. That, <laughs> I'm so glad that's recorded. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> I gotta think before I use my mouth. <laughs> All right. That's enough movie buff. I'm out. Yo. Thanks for listening. We'll see you for the changeling. <laughs> Don't you go changing. <laughs> Stay gold. <laughs> Stay gold. <laughs> or as yeah. I would have thought a month ago, stay golden. Stay golden. <laughs> Oops. That's the film with me, But I killed them.